Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Dynamic Dialogue Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Matranga, coming at you guys after a nice week off. We took uh, last week off of recording to focus on getting the mentorship program all ready to rock and roll and getting ready to film the course portion of the mentorship coming up very soon here. And I'm getting pretty excited for it. Um, What you can expect if you're on the mailing list for the mentorship updates, you already know this, but it's going to be several modules deep. We've got a module on foundations, right? What it takes to be a great coach, building a base, building a brand, acquiring and maintaining clients, program design, session design, online coaching, or making a move into online coaching if that's something that interests you as a coach. Advanced in-person coaching systems, advanced online coaching systems, helping you scale um, both of those things. If you want to scale your in-person business to have more clients, you'll love the mentorship. If you want to scale into the online space and expand your clientele that way, or you just want to have more online clients, this is another awesome opportunity. That's module six and seven. So there's lots of learning opportunities for business development um, specific to the fitness industry, but there's also a lot uh, of what I would describe as professional development. For example, module 10 and 11 are about communication skills, writing, speaking, and creating, and legality and finance stuff. So the making sure that you have everything lined up legally to run your business professionally, safely, um, as well as the money side of stuff, right? Because Coaches don't want to be broke. Coaches want to get paid what they're worth. They want to be able to live a lifestyle that has a lot of freedoms. That's one of the things that most fitness professionals want. And this course is going to have a unit on that because I think that financial literacy is something that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially trainers, um, don't talk too much about. There's also a module on uh, hybrid training programs. If that's something you want to do where you train people online via Zoom, in person, um, online, as in a traditional online coaching method. Lots of fun stuff that we really unearthed and saw that people were doing during um, the pandemic, bringing that to you as an opportunity to like, hey, this is a great additional revenue stream if something crazy happens again. So lots going into the mentorship. There's also, if I can tie my buddy Brandon down, going to be a bonus module on functional anatomy, the stuff that I think is really, really important that I think will, by and large, take the place of the functional anatomy part of a college anatomy curriculum, which they really don't give you too much functional anatomy. It's mostly structural. Hey, this is what this does. This is where its origin is. This is where its insertion is, right? This is going to be more specific to the clients that you would work with in the gym. Hey, we'll give you the action, the origin and insertion, but let's talk a little bit about how that muscle interacts with the surrounding musculature, how we can train it, what we need to be on the lookout for, contraindications at the joints, all kinds of fun stuff. So really, really looking forward to bringing you that maybe a few other things thrown into the mix all just to add some more value but i'm sure that you'll end up loving what we come up with so that does it for the mentorship update we'll chat a little bit about the super bowl of course the buccaneers won at this point i think we kind of have to say that tom brady is certainly the greatest football player of all time, and I'm like dangerously close to calling him the greatest athlete of all time. I know that Michael Jordan and Michael Phelps get a lot of clout for being like two of the better athletes we've ever seen, particularly with regards to dominance in their sport. Sorry, there's Cooper whining in the background, but I think 
Tom has transcended to a place where we have to consider him amongst the greatest of all time in all sports. But I think this is a dude, when we look at the fact that he was drafted 199th overall, he's never had an amazing offensive uh, arsenal around him with the exception of this year in Tampa. And then one year back in New England when he had Moss, Gronk, Hernandez, that was pretty amazing. For the most part, though, his supporting casts offensively were average to above average, but I wouldn't say that across his whole career they've ever been elite with the exception of perhaps this year. And, you know, I, I've got to say, as a, as a Rams fan, as somebody who has felt Tom Brady's greatness personally, we lost to him in the Super Bowl two seasons ago, it's just something that you deal with. Like, Tom Brady has become as sure a thing in football as the national anthem, right? It's going to happen. Tom Brady's going to be there at the end of the year. He's been in, I think, what is it now, 11 Super Bowls or something crazy like that. Got to respect greatness. Got to... uh you just have to acknowledge what the guy's been able to accomplish, not just statistically, but specifically in the playoffs. He's been nothing short of dominant. Um, and and Mahomes, I think, is a guy that's getting a lot of unnecessary flack. Like, the dude's been in the league three years. He won the MVP in what was essentially his rookie season. Technically, his rookie year, he didn't start. He sat behind Alex Smith and just fucked around on a Microsoft Surface tablet like I just wait till I get out there with this cannon of an arm. Comes out in his rookie year when what I will always consider his rookie year, his coming out party, his first full season as a starter. The dude wins the MVP. The the next year he wins the Super Bowl. This year being now year four, he takes him all the way there. His offensive line's decimated. He puts on an absolute show with his arm. The kid was just fucking slinging the ball all over the field. It's incredible. If you don't like football. If you don't watch football, you could have still watched Patrick Mahomes play during the Super Bowl and been like, holy shit, this dude is athletic. This dude is amazing. This dude is crafty. He's gifted. He's going to be up there when it's all said and done. If Hey, look, I know the Rams ditched Jared Goff to go get Matt Stafford, who I think slings it as good as almost anyone in the league. The dude's a total gunslinger. He's a gamer. I'd give my left nut to have Patrick Mahomes. That kid is un- Believable to watch. And the last thing is my rogue bench finally shipped. For those of you, I, I thought this would be a funny add-in. For those of you who have been trying to get fitness equipment at like any point in the last 11 months, you've probably realized that it's like unbelievably difficult to get it, let alone get it shipped to you. You know you're gonna pay an arm and a leg for shipping. Like the shipping is insane. Um, but I ordered a rogue bench like for my garage gym my garage studio um because the incline bench when i was reaching down to adjust the mechanism the pin mechanism where i pull it in and out the spring had come loose it it came crashing down on my head and i got so pissed i I, when an inanimate object hits me like if i stub my toe on something i'm like ready to throw down with that like that table better get ready to get fucking rko'd because i'm coming like i don't know why but when that bench hit me in the head i decided to like hold it up with my left hand and like bitch slap it like 15 times on the upholstery of the bench end up just all i did was hurt the shit out of my wrist but i was so pissed at that bench falling down on my head and i was like okay this by the way this isn't like December. And I'm like, okay, I need to get a new bench because this is going to become a problem. I fixed it, but I knew it wouldn't last forever. And so finally, the rogue bench shipped. And like in this time frame that I waited for it to actually leave the warehouse, I could have bought like 20 benches on a bunch of other sites that would have just done the deal. But I'm finally getting an incline bench. 
or adjustable bench that is a bit more stable than what I've been working with. So today's main topics, and these were suggested by you guys on Instagram, and the first one was from Nikes and Ice Cream, and he asks, if you had to pick five supplements for somebody trying to burn fat, uh, what should they use? I like that question quite a bit, so that's going to be the first one that we answer. And then the next question is, how to find your niche as a trainer? And that's from Muscle and Motivate One. So thanks, you two, for the question. I think these are both really, really good. We can dive into the weeds on kind of both of these, but we're going to start with the five best supplements for fat loss. So obviously, before we even talk about supplements, um, when we look at fat loss, I think we have to use a model that I like to use is Eric Helms' nutrition pyramid. Now, at the base of that pyramid is energy balance, or calories in versus calories out. I'm not saying that it's the only thing that matters, but it is extremely important that we acknowledge our calories in versus our calories out before we even talk about supplements. I could give you all five of my favorite fat loss supplements right now, and they wouldn't do shit to help you lose fat if you don't have your calories in order. So that is the base of the Eric Helms pyramid. Now, if you've heard of Eric Helms before, it's because he's been on the podcast, right? We love Eric. Eric's a friend of the show. Go back and listen to the episode I did with him. I promise you'll like it. The dude's brilliant. So right above calories or energy balance on that pyramid is macronutrients, Proteins, carbs, fats, the big molecules that we get energy from, build tissue with, support our cells with. This is where the money is made, people. You can have your calories right, but if your macros are off, you'll definitely have weight fluctuations, but we can't guarantee that it will be the right tissue. For example, if I put you in a calorie deficit and all of your protein or all of your calories come from carbohydrates and fats, you're going to lose a shit ton of weight, but a lot of it's going to come from muscle. However, If I put you in that same deficit, but I give you a ton of protein and a balance of carbs and fats, you'll hold on to a lot more muscle. So how we actually split split those macros, I should say, across somebody's existing calories or caloric guidelines is going to really influence how this diet plays out. And in general, for fat loss, we do want to have a higher protein intake. Now, the next big rock on the pyramid or the next level up is micronutrients, right? All of the other stuff in food, vitamins, minerals, polyphenols, antioxidants, lots of cool stuff. And you can take care of your micronutrition by making another really good decision when it comes to fat loss. And that's by including a lot of vegetables in your diet. If you decide, hey, I'm putting together this diet, keeping an eye on my calories, focusing on my protein, all good things. Another really good habit to get in the, to get in the rhythm of performing, right? We want to do this eat veggies, eat them, eat them, eat them, especially cruciferous green vegetables. They're very high in fiber, very low in calories. Fruits are an awesome option too. Pretty much any whole grain, all this stuff loaded with micronutrients. And we need those vitamins and minerals for our body to function properly. A properly functioning healthy body will probably perform better and maybe even lose fat faster than a malnourished body in the same caloric deficit. And it'll definitely help improve your overall health. The next piece of the pyramid, we're almost at the top, guys, we're almost at the top, is meal timing and frequency. So making sure that we dial in how we eat to 
make sure that we're nourished across the day. We might want to have multiple protein feedings as that's better for muscle retention. We might want to not eat so close to bed because for some people that might affect your sleep. We might want to eat less in the morning because you do better having more food in the evening, right? We want to make our diet uh, or build our nutritional approach around our habits, around our behaviors, and maybe work on implementing some habits and behaviors that might help us. So all of those things, calories, macros, micronutrition, meal timing, slash frequency, I like to throw in behavior, all way more important than supplements, which is the last piece of the pyramid. But I think before we talk about all of that, we have to at least acknowledge that, hey, look, we got to have our bases covered. Much more important to do all of those things. And all of those things at the base of the pyramid will do more for your fat loss than these supplements. But here are the five that I recommend. The first is creatine monohydrate. Hey guys, just wanted to take a quick second to say thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And if you're finding value, it would mean the world to me if you would share it on your social media. Simply screenshot whatever platform you're listening to and share the episode to your Instagram story or share it to Facebook. But be sure to tag me so I can say thanks and we can chat it up about what you liked and how I can continue to improve. Thanks so much for supporting the podcast and enjoy the rest of the episode. And not because it's going to help you lose fat directly, but because it's going to help you perform in the gym way better than if you don't take it. You have to eat quite a bit of red meat to get ample amounts of creatine monohydrate. Now, you can get it from fish, but most people are going to get it from red meat. The problem here is we usually will reduce cuts of red meat or fattier fish. Uh, a lot of the places we get this creatine as we diet and restrict calories. For some people, they don't. But for a lot of people, they offer leaner protein sources. And one of the things that can happen is we might not get enough creatine as is, and then when we reduce that intake, we'll get even less. And having fully saturated muscular creatine stores is really beneficial for your performance, for your strength, for your recovery, all really good stuff. And this is also a supplement that's been linked very closely to long-term cognitive health. Well, a lot of that research is still emerging that's something that a lot of people are starting to pay much more attention to. So there might be some indirect health benefits associated with taking creatine. But again, I'm not a doctor. Don't take anything I say seriously on these topics. That being said, creatine's my number one. I definitely recommend it, especially if exercise is a part of your weight loss program. If that's what you're working on with your clients, I think creatine makes a lot of sense. Um, I guess, I guess I should stipulate that none of these are in order, but creatine tends to be one of the first ones I recommend. So I guess it's not truly number one, because the more I look at these, the more I think, these are all freaking fantastic for people who are dieting. One isn't necessarily better than the other at all. It's all relative. So work that into the framework here as we continue. The next one is EPA and DHA or fish oil. Those are really, really important. You need to have those essential fatty acids. One of the things that we do when we diet is we remove fattier foods because they tend to be high, higher in calories. So getting some high quality omega-3 fatty acids through EPA and DHA supplementation, probably a really good idea. On that same note, when we cut a lot of foods out of our diet, if we don't do the best job of really making sure that we're replacing the nutrients we're removing, 
we might end up with some deficiencies. So we need micronutrient support, and we can get that from something like a multivitamin, multimineral complex. That stuff is, at this point, you're probably like, yo, none of these are fat loss subs. These are all just health subs. That's right, because no supplement is really going to help you lose a ton of fat. Steroids will. I can do a whole fucking episode about the steroids you should take if you want to lose fat because that shit does work. But you're not going to walk into GNC, Vitamin Shop, Walgreens, wherever the hell you buy supplements and buy anything on that shelf that is going to markedly make a huge difference. This is the stuff that's going to help the base of that pyramid stay working. That's like the glue for the rest of the pyramid. Supplements do so little, they really just kind of help like a little bit of shitty glue. It's just going to help hold the base of that pyramid together. They make it easier for you, but they're not going to help you lose a ton of fat, right? If you want to lose a ton of fat and you want a a, a substance that you put into your body that you're going to go, this is going to help me lose a ton of fat. It's probably steroids. And I don't recommend you take those. I would never recommend you take those. I am not a doctor. You should not take anything I had to say seriously about any of the stuff I've ever said, including the rogue bench. But listen, guys, supplements will help you keep your fat loss diet rolling. They won't do the work for you. All right. Next one is whey protein. I think whey protein is fantastic. It's my favorite protein because it has a very, very balanced amino acid formula, and it's loaded with leucine, which is really, really good for triggering muscle protein synthesis. If you don't like whey protein, you can try a vegan protein. I would recommend a blend of multiple plant sources. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend a collagen protein because you don't get as much leucine, but having adequate protein will help you feel more full. It has a higher thermic effect, so an excess amount of protein given the digestive um, requirements to break that down and assimilate it, less of those calories will be left floating around to be turned to body fat. If you're in a deficit, that won't matter much anyway, but um, that would be more for people eating at maintenance, trying to recomp, or people in a surplus. But protein definitely has its place. The next one, uh, and I split this into like a 1A and 1B, are caffeine and magnesium. Magnesium is one mineral that I find is really underdosed in most multivitamins. And if you are, again, dieting, you might be deficient. And most people are already deficient in magnesium anyway. And then caffeine I love because it helps us perform better in the gym. It has been linked to increased fatty acid mobilization. But again, I don't think it's enough to go, this is markedly helping me burn body fat. I think any of the results you're wanting in that category, you've got to look into the banned substances or things like, that. they're not necessarily banned, like ephedra or clenbuterol, but we're not going to talk about those today. That's for another podcast. Okay, the next question, how do you find your niche as a personal trainer? I think this is an important thing. But I also think it's really important to acknowledge that we are slowly and surely stabbing a sword through the heart of the generalist in our society. I cannot tell you how many people's Instagram fucking bios I read and my eyes just roll into the back of my head. I help women aged 25 to 27 lose three pounds and regain their confidence with my mega fat burning method. You know, it's just like, we've all seen that shit, right? We've all seen that. And you go, wow, you have a very specific offering for like a very specific product. I think that's really cool. That works for me. And maybe you are a specialist in that area. 
I don't think that's a problem. I don't think that being a generalist is a problem. I don't think that advertising yourself as a generalist online is a problem. But a lot of the people and business coaches out there in our space who are telling people they need a niche are just circumventing the fact that the fucking people that they're giving these business tips to only know shit about one thing. And quite frankly, that's not a good idea. I think you can have a niche as a trainer. You can definitely get there. But that's not an excuse not to know your fucking shit. You have got to know what you're talking about. It's really fucking important. And maybe you do want to work with bikini competitors or moms 35 to 40 who want to lose 10 pounds or former athletes who want to reconnect with fitness. Whatever the hell you want to put in your bio, that's fucking fine. That can be all of who you work with and that can be the entirety of your expertise functionally. But you need to know the fucking basics. And these business coaches in our space, sorry for this rant you never asked for, basically said, hey, you give me your money. I'm going to tell you what you need to, what your offering needs to be based on your hyper limited expertise because you want to get paid more for shit you don't even understand, quite frankly. If you know your shit, people will pay you to help them. That's truth. That's what's coming out of this mentorship. The mentorship I talked to you about earlier, we're going to talk about a lot of that, about the fact that probably the most important skill you have as a coach, I'll give you the whole mentorship right now for free, is to actually know your shit. You really want to have a good understanding of how the body works, of how people work, of how they respond to different stuff. And you get that by building your general knowledge. Your specific knowledge, like the niche you work with, is all layered on top of that. You can have a ton of specific knowledge. That's amazing. That's what you'll get paid high ticket for. If you can help a very specific population solve a very specific problem. But you can do that exponentially better with a foundation of general knowledge than you can if you only ever focus on specific knowledge. For example, right, if you know everything about biomechanics, but you don't know anything about physiology and hypertrophy, you can't necessarily help people build the most muscle. You can put them in the best position to build the most muscle, right? But you can't help them build the most muscle without understanding muscle physiology and how it works. That's why some of the best biomechanist people, folks in our industry, have a general knowledge of anatomy and physiology, and then they go on and they get that really specific knowledge of mathematics, physics, and biomechanics. And then when they blend the two together, they can help people build muscle in the most efficient way possible. So I think you can find a niche. I think it's awesome, but don't circumvent building your general knowledge. So to find your niche, I think you need to blend the things that you do well. Ask yourself the question, who do I like to train? Who likes to train with me? Right? Those are two really good things to know. I wouldn't necessarily go, hey, nobody in my town trains athletes, so I'm going to be the guy that trains athletes. But you don't like training athletes. That would be a terrible idea. If you go, hey, you know, I don't like training older people, but they love training with me. Maybe you don't do that either. You could right? You could, but then you'd be kind of selling yourself short. Your niche probably exists at the intersection of who you like to train from a population or demographic standpoint and who likes to train with you or who you have a really good rapport with or an easy time building rapport with. If you're like, dude, I don't know what it is, but I showed up at my gym and I just crushed training the older people and it's actually more fun than I thought. 
Awesome. Go become the best fucking older person trainer in the world. Make 60% of your clients older people and then have 40% be whoever you want because you have the general knowledge to train whoever. Can you imagine training a ton of clients of only one type? To me, that would be quite boring. Maybe I'm crazy. But I like to think that having a really solid general foundation allows you to train a lot of different people, work with a lot of different personality types, constantly be refining your craft because Quite frankly, even as a specialist, it's good to be able to understand different types of people, right? And having general skill sets allows you to work with a lot more people than if you're like, I only help this one population. But a niche should be, in my opinion, existing at the intersection of who you like to train, who who you like to train, how you like to train, and who you can probably have quite a bit of access to. If you live in like a college town, you might not want to be the senior fitness specialist. But if you live in like Boca Raton with all these old folks or Boca Raton, whatever they call it out there in in Florida, you might be like, hey, I like training old people. They like training with me. I'm in the best market for it. I'm going to just roll with this. That could be a great thing to do. But Don't circumvent the need for specific knowledge when you go to find your niche. If you really think about it, finding your niche won't be that hard, right? Because you know, I want to train these people. It's what brings me the most joy. And then you just need to get yourself into that niche and you might need to give away a little bit of your time or work your way into that space slowly. But you should be able to get there so long as there's a market for it. But again, if there's a market of people who are like, I love training with, I like your training style. Um, and I, I get along with you. You help me reach my goals. You've really helped me change my life. That's, that, that can be your niche too. People you genuinely connect with because you have the general knowledge to be able to help a lot of people with their problems. So the more, I'm not saying that you become this insane jack of all trades, but you know, the level of knowledge you need to help millions of people in this country probably revolves around just getting them moving and just getting them eating a little bit better and past their bullshit. And so don't forget the basics, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciated it. Today's episode was a little off the cuff, just an update. I wanted to get something up as I move into some interviews this week and continue to work on the mentorship. If you guys aren't already signed up, be sure to do so. You can go ahead and head over to the website and find the enrollment section for the mentorship. You don't have to pay anything. You just get on the mailing list. I'll keep you updated. And then when it is ready to launch, it's what you're looking for. You can definitely go ahead and join us there. I'm sure you'll love it. Have a good one, guys. Stay safe out there. Stay active. See you next time.